0: from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex on the south side of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Euler and Motes with you here today on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Mm. A little simulcast action, mozi And that means we got the phone lines back today.
1: Hey, for, all the requests that we've had for the phones.
0: All you people keep that same energy.
1: Hey, y'all got it today. 412-919-1316.
0: The digits to dial. I'll give that one more time. 412 412- 919 1316 we will take your calls over the next 2 hours Arthur Moats it just seems like every day around here there's a new injury a new a new injury bug pop up around here on the south side particularly on the offensive side yes. of the football and i guess some good news in that regard too mason rudolph uh didn't take any reps with the first team yesterday in practice but was out there doing some individual work and took some scout team reps I believe, as well, too. But James Washington with a shoulder, going to be out for a couple weeks. We know Jalen Samuels with that knee getting scoped. They said about a month for Jalen Samuels. Correct. Arthur Moats, what now in the absence of – and we still don't know Moncrief's status, right? But it, there hasn't been a clear cut. He's good to go. He's right. going to play on Sunday. So there's a question mark with your number two – wide receiver coming into the season there's a question mark now your number three wide receiver coming into the season is out as well too your number two running back out for a month and now you're on to a guy who was your fourth stringer in training camp your third string quarterback most of the season how do you go about planning for this uh randy feetner and mike tomlin and company what's the best way to scheme this offense to to put duck in the the best position to succeed and still take advantage or try and lean on some some strengths that you still have
1: yeah i think the biggest thing when we're talking about putting duck in the best situation the best case scenario for him on sunday night i think you have to establish that running game when you watch the film the denver broncos had a ton of success on the ground versus the chargers early and often you look at the combination they were using with Philip Lindsay and um, I believe uh, the Royce Freeman. I think yes. his name is. Yes. I mean, both of those guys were able to stay on schedule and stay very productive and having just efficient runs. Now, granted, Lindsay had the uh, he had a long run at the end of the game, but the majority of his carries were in that four to six yard range. And when you think about that, I'm looking at James Conner. I'm saying, hey, man, we need you this week. This is your big week because there is no Jalen Samuels. The Wildcat, who knows if we're even going to see that just because from a personnel standpoint and the injuries at wide receiver, you can't necessarily put a Deontay Johnson back in that area either. So when you're talking to James, you're saying to him, you're talking to that old line saying, hey, we're going in a hostile environment. Well, I don't even want to say it's a hostile environment. It's going to be a home game for I was you guys. say. It'll it, be a home game. In worst case, a neutral site Right. Game. <laughs> but the Chargers are built to rush the passer yes. and play coverage. Yes. That's where their strengths are. They aren't the best for us to run because when you look at their interior linebackers, Denzel Perryman, very undersized. Now, granted, he's been good, but he's small. And then you have Thomas Davis who, I mean, let's be real. he He's long in the tooth now. It's it's not the Thomas Davis of the Carolina Panthers right. that was leading those guys to the Super not Bowl. Not seven years ago. Right, right. Yeah. This, this is Thomas Davis on his last leg, just one final hurrah. And – when you attack this defense, you're attacking them downhill straight at them. That's where their weakness is. So, if I'm this Pittsburgh Steelers offense and I'm Randy Feekner, I'm saying to myself, we have to find ways to get James Conner going mm-hmm. because that's going to make Devil and Duck Hodges' life a lot easier on Sunday.
0: I think so, too. You hear that term a lot, right, for teams, for units that have struggled a get-right game, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's a term that we hear a lot. I – Man, I, I really think that this is one for the Steelers' offensive line. Uh, the Broncos, they're not slouches on their offensive line. Well, you know they got, and they, the, got and they, they got the mad man they got the madman genius that yes. is Mike Munchak himself. <laughs> uh, but still, almost 200 yards rushing for the Broncos last week against the Chargers. Philip Lindsay with a big day. Royce Freeman with a big day. But I I, I do think that we've we've seen flashes of it. I, I think there's been a lot of talk that oh, man, the Steelers' offensive line is having such a bad year. And I think that's just because of the standard that we hold them to. Oh, without a doubt. The expectation that we have for that group and the talent and the pedigree that we know is there.
1: We expect them to be the best in the league, clear cut, not a top five, not a top ten unit, because right. that's what we've become accustomed to seeing from them over the past couple of years. You, I mean, I'm just trying to think from my time here in Pittsburgh, from 2014 on, I felt like that 2015 was when they really took that step of being one of the top lines in the league. And then from then on, we saw something from them. That standard was set. And now this year is drastically different. And I think that's why people are reacting the way they are reacting. Because you bank on the O-line dominating. You bank on the running game. being. Remember, that was the talk last year. It doesn't matter who you put at running back. This O-line is that good that they're going to make it work. Last year that worked out. And granted, there were some other variables to that. Obviously, you had AB out there drawing some more attention but right now we're not seeing that right now it's not looking like you could just put anybody back there and they're going to have success so if you're this old line you have to take that as a challenge you have to take that upon yourselves to say hey we have to make this right we have to answer this call the pressure is on us don't put this on duck don't put this on anybody else put it on us
0: it's a it's a great way to, to phrase it by you. I think you're absolutely right. They need to kind of shoulder that responsibility
1: absolutely. on
0: Sunday night, if you will. And, and you alluded to it. It's it's a good unit to have one of those games against because mm-hmm. certainly there's talent on that Chargers defense. That's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, we know what Bosa and Ingram are capable of. Desmond King is a fantastic corner. Derwin James, not healthy right now, but is a Arguably one of the best safeties, if not the best safety in the National Football League after the season that he had last year. But they are, as you mentioned, a defense that is predicated, a defense that specializes in, a defense that prides itself in their ability in the pass game. Absolutely. They're a very millennial 2019 defense. They want to get after the quarterback, indeed, and they want to be strong in the secondary.
1: Well, when you look at the way their roster is structured, as well, I mean, Joey Bosa and Melvin uh, Melvin Ingram are their guys,
0: and they're great defensive ends
1: without a doubt. And then you have Desmond King, who's been doing a phenomenal job of all pro as a – I don't even know if you want to call him a slot corner. Sometimes he lines up – he's he's
0: he's all over the place.
1: He's like a Minka, almost yeah. like Minka yeah, Fitzpatrick, yeah, like very comparison. similar in that. Yeah. But then he also is in the return game as an all-pro there as well. he so Bro- scored a touchdown in the last year. Well, he scored one uh, last week versus the Broncos that's as well. Right. That's right. So he does a lot for them. But then you look at Casey Hayward, pro bowl player as well. So when you look at that defense, that's definitely not how you want to attack them. And even with the Broncos, they had success. Uh, I believe it was Flacco. He hit, uh, I think his name was Sutton, on a nice pass. He, the uh, Sutton broke the tackle, mm-hmm. scored. It was very Juju-esque in terms of he wasn't just running by somebody. He just caught it, made a guy miss, and then just took off up the sideline. But other than that, they didn't have a ton of success through the air. And when you're just looking at this defense, man, that's the glaring hole that I see, the run. Got to st- gotta make them stop the run, and I don't think they could do it.
0: I'm with you, too. And you know what else is encouraging? The Chargers have had early game struggles on defense. Yes. Uh, the Dolphins put up 111 yards on the Chargers in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. The Broncos put up 187 yards and two touchdowns on the Chargers in the first quarter. I-, I think we've talked a lot about how, especially now, in the wake of you know the injuries on offense and down to your third-string quarterback, you can't afford to really as – a, as a team that's leaning on its defense, can't afford to fall into a hole, right? Absolutely. You don't want to go down by any more than, than three or seven points at most at any point in this game. I think it's encouraging to think that if you look, this L.A. Chargers defense has – had their struggles in the first quarter of games, I think that'll even more give the Steelers an opportunity to come out and establish what they want to do on offense.
1: I agree 100%. And then I also like the fact that not only do they struggle early in games, their kicking situation is still very Mm. up in the Mm. air in terms of accuracy issues. And they're not 50-plus yard field goals. We're talking very manageable field goal situations. So there are a lot of things that are working against the Chargers and working in the Steelers' favor that I'm excited to see how that plays out for us.
0: I am too, no doubt. There's a whole bunch of stuff we're excited to get into here. Four one two nine one nine thirteen sixteen on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at da Body 52 uh, DaBody. As it relates to kind of this offensive discussion, right, and how they're going to go about scheming things now with some, some new cast of characters right. playing major roles on the offense, could we see more involvement? from the tight ends this week. It's, we're, we're hoping that Vance McDonald is back to healthy.
1: Nick Vanette. Now Nick
0: Vanette has had two games to kind of ingrain himself in the playbook and the scheme and what they're asking him to do. Could more utilization from the tight ends in both the run and, and pass game be on the table in the cards this week?
1: I could definitely see it, especially in the run game. You know, when you think about the Steelers and most of their successful runs a season ago, they ran a lot of 12 personnel. They had a lot of those situations where they had two tight ends out there and – Due to injuries and some of the roster structure this year, they haven't been able to utilize that. So I could definitely see that coming into play this week, and especially if those guys are healthy. And then in terms of the passing game, I think if Duck gets going like he has the potential to, I don't think that any one position group is going to be left out. He definitely has the potential and the capabilities to spread the ball around confidently, and we saw that when he came in versus the Ravens last week.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I I like how you mentioned that, too, because that's something that they're going to have to do is spread the ball around to take your your (laughs) turn. It's not going to be able to. It's something you and I was kind of one of our themes right to the season when we talked about scheming offense, not necessarily calling plays, right, but scheming to get the ball in a variety of different run game, pass game, tight ends, wide receivers on the outside, in the slot, down the field, vertically, horizontally. And I think with Duck, there's no reason that all those things shouldn't be on the table. And, But I, I think, right, to, to bring this back full circle, you'd like to see it start with the run game get going.
1: Absolutely. And,
0: and that will open up everything else.
1: Absolutely. And the way I always look at it is like this. Granted, Duck has a ton of confidence. He looked unfazed when he came in, in the game versus the Ravens. I just tell people all the time, it's a difference when you're having your first start, when you have a whole week to think about it, when you're going on the road in prime time, mm-hmm. I understand you're cool, calm, and collected. I understand all of that, but sometimes wacky stuff happens. Sometimes they get out there, and and the moment does get to you a little bit. And it's human nature. It's nothing wrong with sure. that. So I just don't want the lack of running game to force Duck to have to be something that he might not be ready to be Try right now. Do too right, much. trying to do too much. Absolutely. And we see in games how turnovers can affect you we've seen how turnovers have cost this team directly in terms of the wins and losses. So that's the one thing I'm just I'm trying to get us to avoid, but it starts with that running game.
0: What could the offense look like? What should the offense look like? On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at debody 52 Dabadi. And the phone lines are open today, 412-919-1316. We'll ask our guy Brian Backo from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette about that offense, about getting the run game going when we return, and also... Some reports of a physical practice yesterday down here at the UPMC Rudy Sports Complex. We will ask our guy Brian what he saw, what he heard, and who he talked to in the locker room after a a physical one down here on the south side. It's Euler Remotes. You're inside the electric factory. Brian Backo from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joins us next right here on Steelers Blitz on SNR.
2: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
0: When it comes to Euler and Motes. Nah, bruh. We've only got two. Jordan Dangerfield and Brian Backo, the latter, joining us now as he does at this time every Thursday. You can find his work. In the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, you can find him on the Twitter machine at Brian Batko. What's happening, Mr. Batko?
3: Not much. I'm pleased to be in that company. What's the deal with Jordan Dangerfield? Is he your guys, uh, your go-to friend of the program from the 53?
1: Well, he was actually my uh, my first <clears throat> guest that we had on the show, man. This was back... Uh Back when we were one-day-a-week, huh?
0: Yeah. yeah. So, Moats and Danger go way back to their back Buffalo Back to Buffalo. Actually, college
1: days, man. Yeah. <clears throat> Towson, JMU. Well, even before he went to Towson, he was at Hofstra. Oh. Yeah, so we go way – you guys played against, way, each, yeah, other, played against right? each other, when he was at Hofstra. Yeah, his freshman huh. year, my senior year. I was going to say, and not yeah. a lot of overlap there. No, but just no. enough, I guess. But, but, of course, the only time that I've ever lost to Hofstra in my career, he just happened to be on the roster that day. He does not <laughs> let me live that down. Did he do anything in the game, though? Apparently he did well, he I don't remember he, did. he said it according to him. He's like man I had the game pick this and this and I'm like, I don't remember that I remember <laughs> me going off having three sacks sack the quarterback the first play of the game So, you know, it was a great day if you mm-hmm. get a sack on the first play of the game mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a lightning delay all type of crazy well, You know, it's on, not man. about how you start Moats. It's about well, how you finish Hey man. I was I'm a me guy
3: <laughs> I'm a very professional, serious journalist. I can always go back and fact-check that JMU-Hospital yeah. game from che- check us whatever out, year man. that was. Yeah, yeah hey. so uh,
0: until you joined us during OTAs, our only guest in show history had been Danger. Danger. He had come on twice, twice. two different yeah. times with us. So that's still to this point, our only guests in so- yeah. show history, Jordan Dangerfield. Everybody else big-time here.
1: No, no, no. We don't just offer this yeah. oh, to anybody. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. You gotta, you gotta be this? in. You gotta be in with us first yeah, before we let you in absolutely. on the show. Yeah you, know? yeah, you gotta dress nice. And I like how you got your fall attire on, man. We so. had to Thank screen you, you yeah, at OTAs. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you came
0: to the table with the dodgeball conversation, <laughs> and we were like, "This guy's in." Yeah. Yeah, when,
1: when you sparked the convo, we were like, "Okay, I like this guy. He could work." Speaking of sparking
0: convos, this guy on the Twitter.com asking, "What do you think the Steelers' record would be if Ben Roethlisberger's elbow had never given out in the first half against Seattle? Uh-oh. If Ben had remained 100 percent healthy, what do you think the Steelers' record would be to this point?"
1: Ah, huh. what was the consensus? Because I think they would be sitting at uh Let's see, they're at one and four right now. Hmm. I uh, will say three and two.
3: Yeah, I put that poll up because That's what it's, I voted for I'll as well too. It's going to be in my uh, Steelers mailbag later today. I got a question from a reader who basically asked, "Am I crazy to be optimistic about this team going forward, especially next year with a potentially healthy Ben Roethlisberger? Because right now we've played a bunch of good teams." And you know we could be four and one, three and two, maybe if, if Ben's arm doesn't give out. Mm-hmm. So I put that up on the Twitter machine uh, as a as a nod to this guy's question, and and I'll kind of give my own thoughts on post dot in a little bit.
0: I oh, like it. Three and two, the most popular answer in that poll. Not, yeah, not, only not to seven. Spoil your results. No, that's for okay. You.
3: Only seven percent thought it would be one and four or zero and five, just the same. <laughs> imagine if they. Imagine if it was zero and five, because that means Ben would have been healthy. All else basically stays the same, and you still lose to the Bengals. Not happening. Yeah, I don't don't think that was realistic.
0: And, I mean, when you consider, right, uh, you take the Patriots game out of it. The three losses are by a combined eight points. Yeah,
3: good teams, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, we didn't know the Niners had it like they have it. Yeah, but the defense has been playing lights out as well.
0: So, with that in mind, let's stay with that. I think a lot of the hype around the Ravens and certainly the Browns has kind of been knocked back a couple pegs. Uh, in the big picture of things, it's been
3: knocked down like knocked, a Baker Mayfield down. pass at the <laughs> line of scrimmage. Oh.
0: Not
1: dangerous anymore.
0: Uh, you still have hope for this team to stay in the AFC North hunt, whatever that might mean from the big picture of the division, that they're still going to be playing meaningful football games in November and maybe December?
3: Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think that's outlandish to predict just because we knew coming into the year that the, the opening part of this schedule was tough, right? I mean, we knew you're going into a buzzsaw week one in Foxborough. Seattle's a good team. Russ Wilson's is, is as good as it gets outside of maybe uh, the, the GOAT TB12 in this league. So even in the home opener, that was tough. Going on the, the road to San Fran, that was always going to be tricky. And that was yeah. before we knew the 49ers were, were going to be a team possessed here in 2019 for whatever reason. Or
1: they were going to go out there without even having Big Ben.
3: Correct. So there's been a lot of moving parts. Yeah. The Chargers is also not a layup, far from a gimme this week. you got to go on the road. You're, you're probably going to be starting Devlin Hodges under center. So that's another tough one. But then you get a little bit lighter. You get your bye week, maybe a chance to – Get some guys healthier a little bit. Then you've got Miami. Another, that's another so bye you're saying weekend. two bye weeks in a, weeks. In a row. Two, two, I like it. Two off weeks in a row. <laughs> then home to the Colts and Jacoby Brissett. I mean, that's one that you can probably devise a plan. Colts mm-hmm. are playing well. They are. Just beat KC, but I, I still that that game doesn't scare me. They're kind of all limited in the ways right. that they can beat you. Correct. And then you know Rams at home is going to going to be as tough as you get probably the rest of the way because two with the Browns. We talked about the shines off of them. Yeah. You, you got to go to Baltimore. That's difficult, but that game could have gone either way on Sunday with them coming in here. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got to chalk up the Bengals as maybe your third off week and uh, a little later Cardinals-Bills-Jets before you play the Ravens in the season finale. I, I could absolutely see this team keep treading water uh, like a duck yeah. would do and, and keep stay afloat.
0: Quack, quack, quack. Calm on top but paddling like crazy well, underneath. And, and I
1: will exactly. say this, even that Rams game, I'm not all the way – Scared of just because they give up a ton of points, yeah, and I feel like they haven't seen a defense that's been playing as good as the Steelers' defense has been playing lately. So for me, that's why I'm kind of like, you know what,
0: we got some hope. They could get to that last stretch of it's it's Cardinals Bills Je- or it's Cardinals Bills
3: Jets. Jets Ravens.
0: Okay, they could get to that last stretch of. Find a way to win two or three of those games. Yeah. The and, Bills and,
1: one's going to be tough.
0: Right. That is going to be tough. And the Jets, yeah. I think, are going to be a better team by then. Sam Darnold right. should be the, back The Mono will be clear by then. And you have to go to New York, right, week yes. 16. You never know how the weather could be up in New York in week mm-hmm. 16 at that point in the season. But I do think they'll, they'll get to those that last quarter of the season and think, man, if we can find a way to win two or three of these games, we're going to have a chance. Like, they'll probably need some other things to fall right. in their favor, but they're still going to be playing meaningful football.
3: Yeah, that, that, that's the tough thing. I mean, right now, this this team is what its record says it is. I mean, right. you, you can't. It's it's hard to chalk up any easy wins or layups on the schedule outside of probably the the Dolphins and, and maybe round two with the Bengals, but who knows? They could have AJ Green back healthy by then if they don't deal him away. So that'd be another wrench potentially thrown into it. So there, there's no um, yeah, there's no obvious ones on the schedule, but like even you know, Moat said the Rams have have not been as high powered or or as good defensively as we expected. The Chargers this week, they're coming off a loss to previously yeah. win, winless yeah. Talk Denver. Talk so. about teams
0: that have had the luster knocked out. Exactly,
3: off. yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's also not a whole lot of games on this schedule, if any, that you think the, the Steelers definitely aren't capable of winning, especially if the defense continues to, to kind of pave the way for everyone and the offense can cobble enough together. Well, and I wanted to ask you, too, this
1: defense has been playing lights out the past couple of weeks, generating a ton of turnovers, getting after the quarterback. Can they sustain that, though?
3: The, the turnovers, I think, is is tough to sustain, just because a, a lot of the time that's, that's you know, ball luck and, and getting a good bounce go your way and, and stuff like that, but at the same time, the ones they got against the Ravens, I mean, yeah, the, the tip pass by Cam Kelly, that's getting a hand on a ball and a guy Absolutely. making sure he doesn't drop the uh, drop the rock, and then the Mike Hilton pick was a great read on Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson, and, and Devin Bush, you know, maybe that, that's probably your, <laughs> your kind of, I don't want to say lucky, because it was an incredibly athletic oh, play to do what doubt. he did, but... Uh, if anything, it was it was maybe more of a pass breakup, and he actually kind of got beat um, by him initially. So that's the one that, uh, you know, it, it makes you wonder. Some of the ones against San Fran and, and Cincy were a little right. fluky, but uh, if they keep generating pressure, though, the way they have, I mean, that makes me think that, that you're going to make the other team make mistakes. That's easier said than done against a guy like Phillip Rivers. I think there's going to be a, a huge test for this defense this weekend, not just for the splash plays to see if those continue, but – schematically, you know that they're going to try to get Keenan Allen and now probably Austin Eckler in mismatches against you. And if you're Keith Butler, Mike Tomlin, and company, you, you've you got to figure that out and make sure you're not exploited.
0: When the news came out earlier in the week that Stephen Nelson was dealing with an injury, that was a concern for me, particularly with how well he's played and what he's meant to this defense so far this season. And then when you consider the fact that Chargers are a team that's going to want to a- attack your secondary, he says he's good. He says he's 100% ready to go. How big is that for this defense? And particularly when you consider he's a guy who's familiar with the Chargers, played, played them twice a year in the division, how important is that for the defense and the secondary, particularly against this opponent, to have him saying he's healthy, he's ready to go?
3: Yeah, it's really important, and it's going to be important that Steven Nelson's being factual and telling the truth there. I mean, <laughs> His factuals. We, we don't know right now underneath us here as we sit in the, the Steelers' facility if he's practicing right now. They probably just got out onto the field about 15 minutes ago, but it uh, wouldn't surprise me, I guess, if they take it easy and are cautious with him. I mean, Mike Tomlin said Tuesday he didn't want to roll him out I think it's he's been good this year. I mean, you don't really They're hear really him, good. You don't hear him mentioned a lot, which right. is perfect for a guy like him, especially when they signed him. the The one I don't want to say knock, but question was he was targeted a ton mm-hmm. last year in KC, which if you're a Steelers fan, probably made you a little bit nervous. Why are they throwing at this guy so much? Is he going to be a liability opposite Joe Hayden? I actually think he's been better than Joe Hayden he's been this season, and, notch, and Joe's had you know some shoulder issues of his own. But Stephen Nelson's been been clamps and. Aside from maybe the DK Metcalf touchdown on him in week two against Seattle, you really just don't see him getting beat very often. That could be a different story if he does have to miss and Artie Burns slides in there.
1: Yeah, now, standing to the uh, the injury theme, obviously they saw what happened with Mason. They see Jalen Samuels go down. James Washington is down. How is this team's morale right now with all these injuries they sustained and still having a 1-4 record having to go on the road on Sunday night?
3: Yeah, that's, that's tough to gauge. I mean, they're saying all the right things. It's it's always about next man up, but you have to think just on a human perspective. Some guys are shaking in there when you see, I mean, one, your franchise quarterback who who calls all the shots, and and Ben goes down early in week two, and, and then you, you kind of adjust to rolling with Mason Rudolph the rest of the way, who you at least, if you're another player in that locker room, probably think they drafted this guy higher than a, a lot of people thought they right. should have and, and used a, you know, a third-round pick on him, so we got to have some belief in him but now with the scene sunday at Heinz field with him having to get helped off i mean now you're throwing in duck hodges who none of us you know knew who the heck he was uh, right. before may so i you know i think the morale is is good uh, from the outside looking in but you know only they can can really say what's going on in their minds and, and in their hearts right now at least they have you know gotten that one win they weren't able to stack one on top of it right. like they always say so it'll probably be at least a little bit difficult to bounce back from an OT loss like that.
1: Okay, and then also, with Jalen Samuels being down, Randy Feekner had been very creative the past two weeks in terms of the Wildcat using Jalen Samuels some creative ways and stuff like that. So with him being down, do you anticipate the creativity continuing? And if so, who do you think they would use?
3: I think there's there's got to be at least some of it right but at the same time I I see this week's game plan as one that you got to go in there and try to just be a little more conventional be a little Mm. more traditional really commit to the run even more so than you did Sunday against the Ravens and that doesn't mean that you can just slam your head into a wall and run into eight nine-man boxes all day but I I think with someone making their first NFL start like Devlin Hodges is you've got to do everything in your power whether that's two tight ends whether that's Bringing back in Tyson Alualu as the fullback in short yardage, which he actually played 27 offensive snaps yeah. one year in yeah. Jacksonville. I didn't realize, and in, 11 offensive snaps the next mm-hmm. year. So he hasn't done it in a while since he got here. But he's at least a little more experienced than maybe people gave him credit for. So that's not something you're gonna. That's not a well you're gonna go to often. Obviously, yeah. he's still a 300 pound defensive lineman. But I just think you you've got to do everything in your power if you're Randy Featner. Whether that's misdirection, you know, motions, jet sweeps, you have got to be able to move the ball on the ground in this game so that Devlin Hodges isn't hung out to dry there. So creativity, yes, but also a little old school smash mouth football. If if now is, I said this last week too, but now is the time that you really got to get that going.
1: Yeah, well, and I will say this too, man. Uh, when you talk about putting Tyson back there, fullback. I've had a ton of fullbacks in my days. You don't like hitting D-line men that are in there in the backfield. No. That's, that's never fun. No, not at all.
2: <laughs> Brian
0: Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joining us here.
3: And I'll be curious to see on that point if Benny Snell gets more involved. I mean, he's now Very the true. next man up yes. in the backfield. He spoke this morning in the locker room and was didn't have a whole lot to say. He was pretty much keeping it close to the vest. As a player – motes like did do you, do you think that's an indication that a guy is going to be heavily involved in the plan that week when I he's really do when he's hesitant to to talk yeah. a whole
1: lot it's kind of like hey i got a secret right. i'm not going to tell y'all though <laughs> i know we got this package just for me on defense right now but hey we just you know we're going to do the regular stuff mm-hmm. no i think crazy but when you're not involved in the game plan Oh, you'll talk then. You're like, hey, man, we're running this. Yeah. Bro, we're going to look to do this type of stuff because you're
0: like, hey, man, I'm not out there. It's like when you're trying to not ruin a right. surprise, right? You're just kind of standing there grinning like, don't yeah. say anything. Don't say anything.
1: Yeah, uh, but you have to anticipate Benny having a larger role just because obviously James has dealt with some ankles, ankle injuries throughout mm-hmm. the season and stuff like that, and he hasn't been his most productive self thus far. So they have to already be considering that, hey, we got creative with Jalen, we're probably going to need to have Benny out there some just to either spell James or potentially have a larger impact in this game, a larger role in this game.
3: And obviously he's not the same kind of route runner out of the backfield as Jalen Samuels is, what wasn't a great pass catcher at Kentucky, but I think we saw from him in, in OTAs and even training camp a little bit that he might be more proficient than people gave him credit for going into the draft. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that we need from any of these
1: running backs, they have to make guys miss. That's what they haven't been able to do thus far on a consistent basis. And when you watch that Denver Broncos versus Chargers game, that was the one thing that Lindsey was doing. Mm -hmm. That was the one thing that Royce Freeman was doing. They were getting one-on-ones in the hole with players, but they were just making guys miss. And that's how you turn a a three-yard run into a 10-yard run. And a a 10-yard run into a 30-yard run. So those are the things that I'm really – interested in seeing how that plays out for these guys on Sunday.
3: Marlon Mack of the Colts, too, had a 63-yard touchdown yeah. against these guys this week. So, to me, this needs to be the first week the Steelers run for 100 yards, and it could be yes. the third time that the Chargers – give up 100 yards on the ground. Benny Snell was making me miss in the interview this oh, morning. Boom. There both. we go. That's I mean. a good I like start. It. you got to start right. somewhere. The reporter-player exchange, I, I was <laughs> trying to really go to the, the most open-ended questions. Yeah. You can't give me a yes or no or three <laughs> words, but he was doing a, a darn good job I of, like just, it. Uh, of, of evading uh, any any kind of, you know, long-winded answer. Benny's been in
1: the lab. I like that. <laughs>
0: uh, before we get to your prediction here, as we always do to wrap up, I had to ask you about, you mentioned player morale. A lot of uh, a lot of talk of a physical practice yesterday. First padded practice since before the Bengals. Apparently there were some guys on the defensive side of the football who weren't too happy, or pardon me, offensive side of the football <laughs> who weren't too happy with the defense. What did you hear in the locker room? What did you gauge from that? Uh, just something that we're, kind of fishing for stories on a Wednesday or was there is there some real frustration some real pent-up emotion within this roster
3: I think that's a little bit of a fishing expedition I guess I mean you've been this team's been 0-2 0-3 you know now they're 1-4 I don't see why that would boil over really any more at this point they've been battling through adversity since the ball was kicked off at Gillette Stadium for the most part mm-hmm. this season so I don't know that there's any more frustration or, or kind of uh, come to Jesus moments right now with these guys and then there would have been a week or two ago or three ago so uh, I, I don't know that there's been closed door meetings and and all that kind of jazz I mean uh, the padded practice I mean yeah that was a little bit of a departure from the norm for what they've been doing but they also finally got back to a normal week so I think that there's also some logistics involved in, in why you would go ahead and, and do something like that because you're coming off a Monday night game before didn't have a ton of time to turn around and get ready for the Ravens so that was tough but uh, yeah I, I don't make a whole lot of that
0: all right mr backo okay four and one so far this season with his predictions that's pretty good
3: Jeez. that's
0: pretty good yeah i
3: mean moats was giving me the business like he's like you you, do you ever pick the steelers i'm just checking man yeah they're one and four i'm just
0: checking (laughs) that's all Mr. And I actually picked
3: him twice. So. You
0: did. Four and one on the season, Mr. Backos. So look into your crystal ball there, gaze real intently. This is a snow globe. How does, oh man, how, how does Sunday night play out in uh, in Los Angeles?
3: I think Duck's gonna play well, assuming he starts. Mason is for for everything we know. Mason Ruff's still in concussion protocol, so I think the the prudent thing here to do give Duck all the first team reps this week, start him on Sunday night. And like I said, try to devise a plan that, that limits his exposure a little bit, and I don't think they're winning this game if, if Duck Hodges has to go out there and throw 40 times. I don't think he's going to, but I still don't think they're they're going to be able to win this one. I, I'm going to say Duck has a decent day, maybe like 17 of, of 23 for you know, high hundreds, low maybe low twos, doesn't throw any picks, but... Still, I, I think they're going to struggle to to move the ball on the ground just because the Chargers are going to know that that's how they want you to try to beat them with with Hodges throwing the ball making his first career start. I believe Gus Bradley, their D.C., is 2-0 the last two times he's faced a quarterback making his first NFL start. One of those was Josh Allen. The other was another Bill, Nathan Peterman. We all remember how that game played out. So there, there's a lot that could go wrong for the Steelers in this one. I'm going to say Chargers win it. 21-17, Keenan Allen and Austin oh, Eckler. Another close loss. Cause oh, some fits Don't for say the it defense. So. That's he, where I'm going. He
0: hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade. Brian Backo. I got
3: guy-like characteristics, as Mike Thomas <laughs> Of the Pittsburgh
0: Post-Gazette. Find his work in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and you can find him on Twitter, at Brian Backo. Thanks for the time, as always, partner.
3: Always fun, boys. Yes, indeed.
0: When we come back here, the discussion will continue. We will get into some of uh, some of the stuff of the defense we touched on there. I want to talk a little Minka and Steven Nelson with Motes. When we return, we'll continue to take your calls, 412-919-1316. It's Steelers Blitz on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR.
2: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
0: Euler and Motes having some fun on a Thursday. Thanks, as always, to our guy Brian Backo from the Post-Gazette for joining us and bringing snacks. Hey,
1: he comes bearing gifts.
0: He knows the struggle, you know. We're in here for two hours over lunchtime. It's tough to eat beforehand because then you're not really hungry yet, and you're, like, burping and digesting your Absolutely. food while you're on air, which is never a good feeling or a good sound for those of you listening <laughs> on the other end. Now, so I got Brian Backo brought us some chips from downstairs to hold Hel- us over during chips, the though. break. chips, yeah, baked, baked Lays. How about that? Baked. So he's looking out for our cholesterol and our hunger. Wow. Major shout-out. He's a dual threat. Uh, I wanted to get to Minka Fitzpatrick, Stephen Nelson, and just kind of how this – Hope, and hope with this team in general now lies with the defense discussion. But I want to wrap up. We got a lot of people who were chiming in on that, you know, what we opened with and what we were talking a lot there with Mr. Backo about this run game and how that is key this week and going forward and giving Devlin Hodges uh, something to lean on and, and that offensive line get going and all these different things that we've discussed. So let's go to the phone lines now. We got a couple callers who want to chime in. 412 919 1316 are the digits to dial. If you want to jump on the horn with Moats and I let's go to Juan down in South Carolina, wants to talk a little Betty Snell. What's up,
1: Juan? Hey, what's going on, buddies? Hey man, long time no hear from, man. <laughs> I
0: know you guys
1: ain't
4: had the line open. What's up with that?
1: Yeah,
0: they're they're hating on us, Juan. You
1: know, they're just trying to bring us
0: down, but we're back, baby.
4: Alright, glad to have you guys back.
0: What you got for us?
4: I just wanna see uh um... Do you think Benny Snell will get more carries since Jalen was not there? And also, I was looking at Thomas Kentucky, he ran the Wildcat of Kentucky. So, do you think, can we run the Wildcat
1: with him? Man, I definitely think that uh, Benny Snell is going to have a a big role. In terms of who's going to have the more carries, I do think James Conner still takes the lion's share. And this is barring any health and stuff like that, obviously. But I do think Benny's going to – I think he's going to see potentially seven, maybe even ten runs just depending on how the flow of the game goes. And because we know with this defense, you have to get the running game going. So, I think they are going to be a little more committed, especially having a young quarterback on the road.
4: Yeah, I agree. And also, I just want to say, I think um, Hodge is going to do a good job. I think he's going to pull it out fast. So we need to go ahead and get on this winning streak so we can set all the
1: heaters out. Absolutely, man.
0: And particularly before the bye week, right? It's always nice to get a win before the bye week. You get the chance to feel good for, about yourself a little bit longer. And, and then you got the Dolphins on the other side of the bye. A, a win Sunday night in San Diego would, would certainly put some pep in our step. No doubt about that one.
4: Yeah, I agree. um you know, I was listening to you guys was talking about the schedule. It, it seemed like it was a pretty, pretty easy schedule. Like you said, after the bye, we got the Dolphins and then the Rams, and then. At the at the um, very end, you got like you said, two of the Ravens, two with the Browns and Bengals and Jets and guys. So yeah, we can get start this week with wine and then go on the buy and come back for the Dolphins win. We'd we'll be all right. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you for the call, Juan. I totally agree. And also too, you know, like we've talked about, you look around the division. There's no reason to think that anything. You know, other than 500, like, is going to keep you in the race. Right. If you're playing 500 football, you're going to at least be playing. Again, we'll get to the end of the season, and the Steelers will likely, they'll need to win some games, and they'll need some things to, to, they'll need some help, they'll need some things to fall into place for them. But at the same time, I I don't see any team in this division at most winning more than nine games.
1: No, I agree 100%. The, The chips, I mean, in terms of what's at stake,
0: it makes it a little more frustrating in the right. sense that, like, we were talking about, oh, man, if only Ben was healthy, where would this team be and in the picture of the AFC North?
1: But in terms of what everybody else has it right now, you in it. we're still very much in it. And I think this team understands it. I mean, just coming in the building, talking to some of the coaches, they still have that energy high because they know they're still right in the thick of this thing. And that's a great feeling to be able to say we've had a rough start. We've had to overcome a ton of adversity, but we still – have everything we want right in front of us. A lot of times it's not like that when you get off to rough starts. Trust me, I know. Spent some time (laughs) up north. Wasn't fun. But right here in Pittsburgh, man, they definitely have a unique opportunity, man. So they just have to finally take advantage of it and capitalize and get this win.
0: Let's go back to the phone line, stick with the offense here. Craig down in Georgia. Looks like he's got some questions about how this all relates to the wide receivers. What's up, Craig? Hey, guys. How you doing, first-time caller? Well, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Don't let it be the last time. Oh, it won't be. I love your show, Electric Factory. Thank hey. you. Thank you, Craig. We appreciate
5: it. <laughs> hey,
6: I'm from Warner Robins. That's the hometown of Stephen Nelson. Played nice. high school there. Okay. Standout player.
0: Oh, he's having a great but year, my- and we're, we're happy to hear he's healthy heading into Sunday for sure.
6: Yeah, we were excited to hear he got onto the Steelers. Great player. My uh, thought is Juju and the fumbling that's occurred. I don't think he needs to get upset about it. That was a fantastic defensive play. I think any receiver in that situation probably would have got the ball knocked out, and Juju just just needs to play football. He's fine.
1: Yeah, man, I think uh, Juju understands it happens. It's part of the game. You're going to have some plays that you aren't very proud of, but at the same time, you're going to have some plays that you are proud of. You just want to make sure that you continue to stack the good plays, continue to have positive performances. And for him, having a chance to make a big play last week, get into the end zone, focus on that, focus on bringing that to this game on Sunday night. And when you look at this Chargers defense, they gave up a very similar touchdown last week in terms of the Broncos receiver breaking a tackle and turning a 20 yard gain into a nice 60, 70 yard touchdown. So for Juju, he has to be excited about that opportunity to redeem himself.
6: That's right, and I think he's due for a
1: breakout game soon. Absolutely,
0: there'd be no better time than now, Craig. Thank you very much for the call; we appreciate it. And like we said, call back, all right? We appreciate you're tuned into the Electric Factor. Yes, Factory. indeed. <laughs> all right, guys. One- Have a
5: good day, thanks.
0: Thank you, Craig. You too. 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial. You can also get at us on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. Where King, Ducey, Dussy. <laughs> D-U-S-S-E? Dussie? Ducey? King Ducey. King Dussie asks if we could see Deontay Johnson have a role in a Wildcat-type package.
1: I personally would love for that, but I don't think it will necessarily just because the injuries to James Washington. and You need him running routes. Right, you need him running routes. And then the uncertainty with uh, Deontay Mon- uh, Moncrief as well right now. I think it's just too many question marks in that room to take away him from that element and also to remove his, from his preparation time. You have to remember, he's a young player. This is his, his sixth NFL game. Mm-hmm. So he still needs to be developing and focusing in on that particular element of his game.
0: Yeah, uh, there's no doubt. It's it's a lot of moving parts for the Without offense. Without a doubt, and, man. The, and, and the quarterback situation and injuries at the running back position now and injuries at the wide receiver position, and we know they've had – <laughs> their, their struggles with staying healthy at the tight end position, it's its a lot to balance. And, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. In theory, if everyone's healthy and you've I love got it. everyone at your disposal, right. absolutely. But now I, I think I'd rather have Deontay Johnson running routes and catching passes.
1: And he's been doing a great job the he past has. two weeks. So you've don't take that, that away from you've him. You've seen
0: that improvement. He's got to only be getting more confident, and hopefully that continues to translate to the field as well. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler at DeBody52. DeBody. We're taking phone calls today as well. 412-919-1316 are the digits to dial an hour in the books already, Mozi.
1: Gosh, time flies when you're on the mic with Wes. When we
0: come back here, let's talk about that defense. Steve Nelson, Minka Fitzpatrick, how paramount they have been and how the defense is going to have to lead the way for this Steelers team to start stacking just the way i like it w's just the way mozi likes it we'll get into all your reaction it's also a three question thursday all that and more in the second hour of the show you're inside the electric factory it's steelers blitz on espn pittsburgh and snr
2: the pulse of steelers nation this crowd loves it you're listening to steelers nation radio jeweler and moats are on the air this is the steelers blitz on your 24 7 home of the black and gold snr steelers nation radio
0: Hour two, inside the electric factory, it's Euler and Motes live from the south side of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the UPMC Bruny Sports Complex. But we are having some fun with open phone lines today, 412-919-1316. If there's one thing that Arthur Moats knows about me. Uh-oh. Besides the good hair. And did you love Tom Brady? What? And that you've never met a person who cares more about college athletics than me before. <laughs> and you said you love TB12. What? Would you take it easy? So you said you're a Philly guy what? No, I don't love TB12. That is your boy. I, actually, you know what? I do love TB12. Mm-hmm. Terry Bradshaw, number 12. Oh, how Stop about it. that? How about that? He's no TB. Got him. Uh, the thing that you know about me, Motsy, you know, other than the good hair and the charm
1: and the and wind, you're like and, the you know, super just, most prepared, over the top, like you study till you can't study no more. You study till the book gets tired of being read. I've got notes on everything, big facts,
0: and I've got some big ones on this defense, on Minka Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. on Steve Nelson. Mm-hmm. But before we go to there, to 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 that area of the team, Motsy. Okay. One more, uh, one more tidbit on the offense here, and I, I our guy. Our friend of the show. Uh Uh-oh. Came up and said hello to me at La Trobe. Wow. And he's a WVU fan, so you know he's got an extra special place in my heart. John in Morgantown's on the line. He wants to talk about the offense, help us wrap up that part of the discussion. What is happening, John?
7: Hey, what's up, Wes? What's up, man? How are you guys doing on this Thursday?
0: Man. Wonderful.
7: Hey, it's good to hear you guys. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. I agree with what you said about them running a lot of – Run plays out of that two tight end set. I yes,
1: think indeed.
7: That's good for them. I could also see Vance McDonald having a large part in this offense this week. Just with that third-string quarterback, I feel like a big tight end like that's going to be an easy target for him to hit. And then uh, another point, I agree with the caller before about Juju having a breakout game. I can definitely see that happening in his hometown. So I think he's going to be fired up to play.
1: Absolutely, I like it. And I think for Juju, man, he's gonna be back on the West Coast too. So you know he's gonna be excited about that and just a chance to show the world redemption. National audience. Absolutely, man, you get to come out here and put it on display in front of everybody to see. Only game that's gonna be happening at that time of day, man. So it's gonna be a great opportunity for him. Oh uh, no, not on the
7: defensive side of the box. I don't want to leave them
1: guys out. I appreciate I think they you.
7: Oh yeah, you gotta give the defense some love. But I think they're gonna get after Phillip Rivers. He's not the most mobile guy, so I think if they can collapse that pocket, they can really rattle
1: him. Yeah, I definitely agree. You saw last week Phillip Rivers struggle with the pressure that he was getting from Denver, um, forced him to make some errant passes. He just didn't he never really looked comfortable throughout the whole game in the pocket, so I definitely think this Steelers front is going to provide a lot more pressure and create a lot more hostile environment for him in the pocket. Thanks for the call, John.
7: Uh, agree. Uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate
1: it. Hey. Take it easy, buddy. Go Mountaineers.
0: Uh, I, you know so, I so, well, I First me, off, why you got to end me. it
1: with go Mountaineers? Like, really?
0: Hey, that's my boy, John. No, hey, hey, this,
1: this is still an Nation Radio. We don't go Mountaineers. It's either go Steelers or go Dukes. That's oh, it, okay? Oh. Like, like, get it together.
0: <laughs> uh, you talk about the front there, and there's no doubt. Uh, man, Stephon Tewitt, huge year so far. T.J. Watt, all the sacks that have con- that we saw over the last two years, right? right? The past two years, the Steelers have led the NFL in sacks. Now we're seeing it translate into more splash plays. Absolutely. Which was kind of the final element that we had talked about. And I think, too, I, I, or I, I don't necessarily have a, a spicy hot take on this. I, w- <laughs> I would like to get yours, mozi My spicy hot take? Your spicy hot take. All right. I think in a lot of ways, we know that there's been an infusion of talent all over this defense. Right. Uh, you add Devin Bush, a top ten pick, the first one the Steelers have had on defense since 1987. Uh, to that linebacking core, you bring in Steven Nelson, who's been fantastic. Uh, you've seen the step that it's taken. And then week two, after week two, you go out and acquire Minka Fitzpatrick. And get this, mozi uh, you want some numbers, right? You want some, oh yeah, Let You want some it. research.
1: That's what I've been waiting on all you day. You want some
0: factuals. Give it him. Through the first two games of the season, right before Minka got here, the Steelers defense allowed an average of 445 yards per game. Since Minka, right? Talk about so it. we should say uh, B.M. right before Minka. Uh
1: huh.
0: And then uh, A.M. after Minka. Hey, I'm
1: A.M. No,
0: I mean I'm just trying I'm just trying to be cool here, you know. All right. Before geez. Minka, after Minka, Arthur Motes AM since Minka Fitzpatrick oh, yeah. joined the team.
1: I know it. Talk about these numbers here.
0: 296 mm-hmm. yards per game. So from 445 down to 296 per game, just in terms of passing yards alone. 320 yards per game to 170.
1: Huge impact. Uh,
0: you look before Minka 30.5 points per game this defense gave up after 17.7 and 10 takeaways in those games since Minka has been here. I There's certainly – it's not just been him, Motsi. Uh, I mentioned Devin Bush and and, and Stephen Nelson and Mark Barron and the additions in that department and, and the hot start to the season that we've seen from T.J. Watt and from Stephon Toett. But I think, man, it's it's something that we kind of – saw the past two years, right? That the defense had a lot of encouragement, a lot of encouraging signs, if you will. A lot of things that they did well, it just maybe wasn't always coming together. A lot of that at times was the lack of the splash plays. Yes. A lot of that times too was just maybe, you know, there was some more desired from the back end and the secondary, and you had a lot of young guys in there, and you're moving Sean Davis around a lot earlier in his career, and Edmonds as a rookie last year played more snaps than any defensive rookie in football, it is encouraging to see this coming the other way finally, like we all thought it could, and truly what seems to be one of the best defensive units in the National Football League, and and they're going to need that to continue to stay in the AFC North hunt to start stacking some W's.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I will say this: when we talk about Minka, granted he hasn't, he's not the only reason why, but he's. Directly responsible for three of those turnovers. Obviously, the two versus San Fran, Mm -hmm. and even the Cameron Kelly pick. He does a great job playing high to low on that tight end, collisioning him, getting the PBU, and then obviously Cameron catches it on the tip. So his impact has been huge, and just his ability to allow the guys in front of him to play a lot freer. Yes. That's the impact that he's bringing to the table, and I think why we're seeing this defense continue to play with their hero on fire, and continue to keep uh, creating turnovers. Those are the things that I think are standing out the most. And the emergence of this front. Now, granted, we know that this is a awesome front seven in terms of their pass rushing ability, but we're seeing it consistently now. We're seeing, I mean, you think last week, all the guys that got sacks. Once again, those guys are finding ways to win consistently, and that is key, and I think that's why this defense has been playing so well this season.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It's been an encouraging development. You talk about how the – d it's not just – right? It seems like all they needed were a couple more pieces to bring everything together. Yes. But they've been getting contributions from everywhere. The Steelers have 19 sacks on the year, right, Motsi? By nine different players. They have six interceptions on the year mm-hmm. by six different players. Love it. That's encouraging, right? Because, again, we, we've seen – It in spurts, but now it's coming from everywhere. It's coming from that front. It's coming from the edge, guys. It's coming from the interior linebackers and Devin Bush with a takeaway last week. And certainly now, you feel good about this Steelers secondary as you have maybe since, you know, the group of of Troy Polamalu and Ryan Clark and Ike Taylor and those guys who are winning Super Bowls and playing in Super Bowls, Minka and Edmonds, Hayden, and Nelson and then you've been able to see like like Mike Hilton with a strong performance. Cam Cam Sutton has shown yeah, absolutely. some flashes as well too. And right Moats, I'm not breaking any news here. Hope lies with the defense. If, if this team is going to to, you know, continue using that term, start stacking some W's, uh, it, it's it's going to have to start with the defense and and obviously all those things are related. Um, you know, the the offense and the run game and time of possession and giving the defense time to rest and not putting the defense in adverse situations and how special teams plays into all this as well, Absolutely. too. But it's got to be a return to the uh, the original Steelers ideal, right, of defense, defense, defense.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I think that this defense is built for that, though. When you look at the talent that they've acquired, you look at how they're continuing to just grow and becoming a lot more comfortable. We hinted on this. Um, last, uh, I think it was Monday, when we came in here and talked about how this unit is starting to grow because they're spending more time together. The more time you play together as a cohesive unit, the better you're going to be. We talked about how when they first started the season, the first couple of games, they didn't have the same starting lineup. Think about that. They start week one, no Sean Davis, come back week two with Sean Davis, go to week three, we get uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, Mm -hmm. but now you don't have Vince Williams. Then you get Vince Williams back. So now that you're seeing these guys continue to get more reps together, they're becoming more comfortable with each other. And I think this defense is ready to take that step to be one of those elite level defenses.
0: I think so, too. Let's take one more call here before we go to break. We'll stay in West Virginia. Mozi, your favorite place. Aye Dean aye aye. Dean, and Wheeling is on the line. What's happening, Dean?
5: Hey, how are you guys doing today? I'm uh, glad to be on the line with uh, Doe Cross the Moats,
1: man. Hey. I appreciate your effort through the
5: years, man. You put so much time and effort, man. I appreciate your uh, blood, sweat, and tears for the team. But, man, um, I appreciate you know, that. I can- right on I, i'm not coming from anywhere i hate man. i was born on the day of the immaculate reception but
1: one wow. question
5: that's on one question that all our our Steelers fans i believe have is how long is this butler tomlin buddy buddy system going to go on for you know you hire me i hire you i mean does, is it working and the the callers saying Juju bailing him out. He crumbled two seasons away. We, our tight ends are are weak. We can't cover the middle of the field. You know, stats don't mean nothing. If if you can't win the game, you can't cover the middle of the field. And I I just say let's get behind Duck. Let's go with his confidence. And we got to get behind something. I don't know what it is, Mister Motes. Could you tell me?
1: Yeah. Um. In terms of you know keith butler and mike Town and the buddy buddy system a lot of coaching staffs they hire people that they're comfortable with people that they know because you're essentially putting your job on the line and if me and you were going to con- construct the roster together you're not going to hire some guy that you have no clue about his work ethic what makes him go and things like that or you're have a hire... different philosophy right. than you you're going to hire the person that you're most in line with even belichick does that so that was just my side of that but in terms of the defense If you look at their stats this season, they have been playing really well. They've been finishing as a top ten defense the past couple of years. I think it's just when we're accustomed to seeing in Pittsburgh, it's number one, number two every year from a defensive standpoint. And right now, we're not seeing that. So that's why the perception is what it is right now. But in terms of the offense, man, I think that Duck is going to go in and do some impressive things. But I'm not ready to just write off Mason either because they're both very young we haven't seen a ton of football from either one of them at the professional level yet so that's what i'm a little hesitant about but as the season uh, continues to progress we're going to find out a lot not only about this defense but about those quarterbacks mm-hmm. and about this team as a whole
5: oh i, I agree wholeheartedly I, I i just like duck's confidence and um I, I like the both young qbs and you know i appreciate your time and you know do what you do, man, because you guys do it well. I appreciate it. Hey. Dean,
0: thank you very much. Thank you for the call. We appreciate the kind words. Call back anytime. And, yeah, listen, I think we, we all want to see Duck go out there and sling it.
1: Oh, no question. There's no
0: doubt about that. I mean, we'd rather uh, we'd rather die trying, right, than die being too conservative. Whew. Talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> 412-919-1316, the digits to dial on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at Dabody52. Dabody. When we come back, it's Arthur Motes' favorite time of the week.
1: Ah, yes.
0: Three-Question Thursday when we return. You are inside the electric factory listening to Steelers Blitz on ESPN Pittsburgh and
2: SNR. This is where Steelers Nation plants its flag.
3: This is Ben Roethlisberger of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you're listening to Steelers Nation Radio.
2: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
0: Oh, it's a Thursday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time for
1: Arthur Motz's favorite segment of the week. Favorite segment on a Thursday. You know that, baby. I thought it was your favorite segment of the week. No, nah, just on Thursdays. Okay, that's fine. I'll take it. Because then I like to get that paper on Friday. You that's know that. true.
0: That's true. And I know you like to be professor on, on Mondays as well, too. But, and,
1: and I like uh, best of the West Wednesdays. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's hard to just, like, just choose one. You're just so multifaceted, man. You're just a beast, bro. <laughs> Producing it. I want to be like you when I grow up.
0: Well, needless to say, I wanted to be like you when I was growing up. I wanted, I wanted to play in the NFL. But instead, you know, I'm stuck doing this radio
1: thing. Hey, but you, you're you built for it, bro. Hey, thanks.
0: By built for it, what's that mean? I'm 5'10", 150 pounds. I'm built for this?
1: You're the prototype.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do have a face for radio, that's for sure. Oh, I got man. hair for TV, right? But True. A, but a face for radio. Three question Thursday. For those of you unfamiliar, a three-pack of questions for my partner in crime, Arthur Motes, two that are hard-hitting football questions. But outside of the Steelers bubble, And then the third one, I usually like to have a little fun with Motsy was something, a current event, something going on in the world. So you ready, Motsy? Yeah, buddy. Three question Thursday. Question number one. Should Richard Sherman apologize to Baker Mayfield?
1: Oh, man. So, you know, obviously the manly thing to do would be to say I'm wrong. I can apologize. I don't have any issues. But – I kind of like Sherman as the bag. I like when he, Sherman, like Sherman, be my bag. I don't, I don't want you to turn and be like, kind of good. Like, go full heel with it. Say, hey I man, I don't care what the video shows. I don't care what the video shows. You should have, you should have shook my hand twice. How about that? If you really meant to shake my hand twice, you running off like you crazy. I'm dangerous. Say that. That's what I want. So no. He better not.
0: How did you feel about that whole situation? Did you ever go through anything like that where people were disrespectful in handshake lines or there was some perceived slight or disrespect before a game?
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I always view anything as disrespectful, like to the point where, okay, if we're out there for warm-ups and I see them come out jumping up and down, oh, y'all hike. Oh, that's disrespectful. Y'all crazy. Y'all think y'all can come here and try me today? Or if they came on their flat, oh, so y'all not gonna be hyped to play against me today? Oh, that's disrespectful. Or, oh, they taking the ball first? Oh, they trying us then though as a defense. They trying us. Or if they kick it to us, oh so what? Y'all don't think y'all good? Y'all y'all don't respect us? Y'all y'all don't wanna come out here and get some of this first? So it's nothing you could do on game that's gonna ever be right when it comes to playing in the league, man. You always gonna piss somebody off and that's the thing that I love.
0: I did like the big – and you know I'm not I'm not a big Baker Mayfield guy. You're a big TB12 guy. Uh, yes, Terry Bradshaw, number 12, my favorite. Hey, whatever
1: you want to say, bro. I'm
0: a big AK12 guy.
1: Yeah, 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 whatever you Austin say, Austin
0: Kendall, the WVU quarterback, he oh. was number 12 too. We'll
1: probably tell you, man.
0: I bet you I can name 100 quarterbacks who wear the number 12 that I like more than Tom Brady. Maybe we'll do that on a three-question Thursday. Hey, <laughs> man.
1: If you want to get up on this mic and, and, and tell fables and, and – Oh, you yeah. Know. <laughs> I.
0: I liked this line from Baker, though, where he said it's the one time the camera had something recording me that's gone in my favor. Uh. <laughs> I did like that from Baker. and listen, I Richard Sherman, Baker, Mayfield, it's been an entertaining back and forth. I'm with you. I kind of wish Richard Sherman would just continue to lean into it uh it, it was that whole dialogue too what did you think of the the nick bosa the flag plant and that whole back and forth of the oh he's really been holding on to that for a while like is it that serious or was it just bosa you know it was kind of a obviously premeditated i'm sure he thought yeah i'm going to do that celebration if i get a sack on baker but was it really as deep as baker was trying to make it
1: Ah oh, man. Baker was seeking comfort. You it's know yeah, it's how it is. sports, right? It's ba- ba- banter. That's what ba- we do. Baker likes to be on the, the winning side of the trash talk. He doesn't like to receive it, as we've right. seen countless times. So when
0: Heinz Ward scored that touchdown right. against
1: the Eagles and did the, did the Eagles, now. does that
0: mean he's been thinking about the right. Eagles
1: for two years? No, man. That, but that's how it is, man. When you're Baker, all I say is this. Don't. Be so sensitive when people are talking smack back to you because you're the king of it, right? You talk Mm. smack to coaches. Mm. You talk smack to media personnel. You talk smack to other players. It doesn't matter.
0: Your own players, your own teammates. So so
1: don't get overly sensitive and, and try to come up with these different things to make you feel better about yourself when people are doing it back to you. You don't want them to talk smack back? Ball out better. It's simple.
0: Three question Thursday. Question number two. Arthur Motes, how interested are you? in the first annual Tank Bowl. Mm. The Washington team, the Washington Redacteds. Man, you're making it awkward, bro. They travel down to Miami to take on the Dolphins. And can I just tell you how much you got to pay to get into that game, how much a ticket costs to that contest? I don't contest? know,
1: man, but I'm hoping that the, the Redskins win me some money, man. I got, I got, like, how much you get paid this week? Not I'm, as much as you. I'm putting your check on it.
0: Okay. Now I'm uh, playing. It's better than your no check. Problems.
1: I don't want no problems. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sixteen bucks will get you a lower level ticket to Dolphins Redskins to the serious? to the NFL's
1: first tank
0: bowl. Two tank bowl two K nineteen. To give you a little idea. Time more,
1: time on time, out, time out.
0: Sixteen bucks. How on is it
1: a prof- oh my that's terrible.
0: It's like it's like seven or eight bucks, nine bucks to sit in the upper deck. Just think
1: about this: you're gonna pay more in food than you're gonna pay for your actual ticket for the game. Oh no doubt, that's crazy. Uh, you couldn't get a.
0: Uh, I mean, maybe you could get a water cheaper than your actual ticket. It's but gonna other cost that, more to
1: park yes. than it is to actually watch this game. <laughs> no doubt. Wow. Yeah. Your Uber is gonna cost more.
0: You know what else costs more? What's that? An admission ticket to the Miami Zoo. <sighs>
1: Jeez. Tank
0: Bowl 2K19 as Golly. the Redskins travel down to Miami. Hey, you're not
1: allowed to – That's just... right. Sorry.
0: The Washington team travel down man. to Miami. Which one is
1: it? <laughs> the Washington Redacteds
0: travel Jeez. down to Miami for, for Tank Bowl 2K19.
1: Who comes out ahead in the two of sweepstakes? You know, I probably ain't going to watch it because my young boy Jimmy Moreland's out there,
0: what man. If it's, what if it's the first 0-0 tie in NFL history?
1: Bro, that would be – I feel like the loser of that game definitely goes into, like, worst team history conversation.
0: No doubt. It'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Three question Thursday, question number three. Arthur Motes, did you see the news from Elon Musk and Tesla this week? I did not.
1: Educate me, please.
0: Tesla is rolling out a new program that will allow people who buy their cars to customize their car horn sound. Whoa. Yeah. Huh. And Elon Musk said fart noises will be available. Ugh. Goat noises will be available.
1: Goat noises.
0: Coconuts? Huh. Coconut noise be I thought that was a reference to the Monty Python. Mode. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: So Arthur Moats, my question for you is if you could customize your car horn. Yes. What would you uh, what would you pick as
1: the sound? Man, I want the the <laughs> The old Duke's a hazard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always like that. I, I, cause I hear the guys like, who got the big trucks, they got the big like air horn that like that's too loud for me. And my son, he doesn't like super loud noises. But I think that'd be cool. Either that would like some like dope salsa mariachi type thing Ooh. going off. You know, let them know I'm here. Yeah, cause I like that. I'm, I'm a sombrero type of guy.
0: You know, uh, some of those like the. The coconuts, right? Like I like yeah. that but like no one's gonna hear that, right?
1: Well it depends on how loud they have it though, right? I mean
0: I guess that's true.
1: It's kinda like ringtones.
0: It's kinda like ringtones. Yeah. So that's a fair point. The goat one would be the bah I'm assuming oh, it's like the screaming gosh. the screaming
1: goats. Or what about the uh the, the, the sound of like a dying what was it, Jackrabbit or dying rabbit? And then they made like, like a they sound like crazy, right? Real loud. Yes. Yeah, so like have one of those I guess.
0: Or a fart horn, I mean, oh. could you imagine? What kind yeah. of fart though? Right. I mean, we talking uh, to, talking a silent but deadly one. I don't on even want to talking to... Talk
1: about flatulation. This is weird, bro. <laughs> you know
0: what mine would be? What my sound would be? The intro, the first couple bars to jump around by House of Pain.
1: Ooh. And here's why:
0: because you'd get that. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so at first you'd hit that, and the person in front of you would be like, "What? What did I do?" Yeah. And then you'd hear the brr, 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 and everyone would be sitting in traffic just like, all right. Oh, man, we'll never get anywhere. we we'll would never get around. anywhere. We're we right, dancing. This is pretty good. I like this. <sighs> <laughs> what would you make your car horn if you could customize it on Twitter, at Wesley Uller at DeBody52. is a body. And on the phone lines, 412-919-1316. We will get to more of your calls when we return and wrap up the show. Euler and It's Steelers Blitz. In for Stan Savern on ESPN Pittsburgh.
2: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
0: Inside the electric factory, thanks for those of you that have chimed in so far on Twitter and at the phone lines, 412-919-1316. We're going to get back to the phone lines here in a minute. Our buddy Don Juan chimes in on the car horn discussion. He says... My car horn would be Renegade, of course. Nothing, nothing better than hearing that. Oh, mama!
1: Hey, once again, man, in Pittsburgh we would never get anywhere because everybody would stop their cars, pull out their terrible towels, and we'd just be in traffic waving them.
0: I mean, you think the Parkway is bad during rush hour? Normally, (laughs) I mean, it'd be like the Parkway meets a tailgate.
1: Like, man,
0: (laughs) that's a good one though, by Don Juan. No doubt, that would certainly be the uh, the Yenzer Steeler fan. Car horn for sure. Again, four one two nine one nine thirteen sixteen. You got about fifteen minutes more here to hop on the phone lines. Let's go back to the phone and talk to Dave. Dave wants to talk about the Chargers. What's happening, Dave? Hello. Hey, what's up? What's
8: up? Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, I wanted to uh, uh, go back a little bit to um, the Baltimore game uh, first. Um. I I thought it took a lot of guts for Mike Tomlin to defer the uh, kickoff there, which a lot of people were still complaining about that, and I couldn't believe it. I mean, it made perfect sense. And my thing is, could you imagine if that didn't work out, where Baltimore went down and scored a touchdown, all the Mike Tomlin haters would be calling for his head
1: without a doubt, without a doubt. It's, it's one of those things for Coach Tomlin right now. If he does something, they still don't want to give him credit for it. And, yeah, it's unfortunate, but that's just the nature of it is. That's the nature of the, the situation right now, man.
8: Yeah, and, and what I think the Steelers need to, to jump out to a lead and let this uh, defense feed off of that because, like these guys have been saying, they've been playing good. They just need a lead. And if they could, if, if uh, Devlin Hodges can go down, get a couple scores early in the game, I think we'll be all right.
1: Yeah, without a doubt, this defense, I mean, they're ready to rush the passer. Mm-hmm. And they really haven't had an opportunity to do so consistently outside of that Cincinnati game. So I know for them, they're chopping at the bit. And this is a very favorable matchup in terms of, that Chargers defense giving up some stuff, man. So it could potentially be one of those where they could jump out to an early lead and we could really see how good this defense could be.
8: Yeah. I, hey, guys, thank you for taking my call. appreciate it. Hey,
1: no man, I problem. appreciate Thanks you. Thanks
0: for tuning in, Dave, and thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Yeah, I, it's a good point by you, and, and Dave brought this up too. I mean, we talked about it, how this Steelers defense has led the NFL in sacks the last two years. Uh, They've got 19 already this season. 19, piece. And and now we're starting to see the splash plays come with those sacks more often. Yeah, let these guys, like you mentioned, other than the Bengals game, that's the only opportunity they've really had to pin their ears back and, you know, play downhill with a lead as a defense. Uh, And and to bring this all full circle, right, Motzi, I told you about the struggles that the Chargers have had on defense in the first quarter. The Steelers can come out and get a 7-point lead, a 10-point lead, 13, 14, something like that. I think the the defense would be salivating.
1: Absolutely. But like I said, man, this is the week for that to happen. They just have to execute and do what they're supposed to do, but this is definitely the week.
0: I think so. It's a get right get right week say that five times. Past. It's a get right week and uh, in a lot of different regards for the offensive line, I think for an opportunity for the defense to not that they need to get right but to to see to feel what it's like playing with a lead instead of kind of chasing the score line. It's uh it's certainly something that is going to be uh to be paramount to either team's success Sunday night in Los Angeles. Robbie in North Dakota. Wants to chime in as well. What's up Robbie?
1: Not much. How you guys doing? man we are well out here you know enjoying the good life that's good yeah i just saw
6: uh, a quick shout out to mozi you know you, you had a solid career you entertained us the whole time you were with the steelers you played great i just want to give you a quick shout out of us and it's neat to be talking to you because we watched you for so long on tv and you know? man
1: i definitely appreciate just,
6: that yeah it was fun to watch you know, i never rocked your jersey i was always, you know james harrison was always my guy you know hey man
1: debo hey Major respect to Debo, man. All love.
6: <laughs> uh, yeah, I tell you what, on, on TV, they, on like NFL films, they've always got that slow motion of him running out of the tunnel with no <laughs> helmet on, and he looked he looks up with those eyes. I mean, he could be the scariest looking human being. that I, mean, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I just uh, I grumble sometimes at the NFL when they were cracking down on these big hits. He, I, I never thought he hit dirty. He just hit so hard guys i mean he got hurt you know i just he you know when they when they racked up them fines on him that year you know it just it really kind of they were taking the big hits out which i understand but boy he could lay it lay it to people you know i just I yeah, he was he, he was one
0: it. of the last of a dying breed that's for sure
6: oh, oh yeah yeah and uh you know, I just kind of want to talk about i know we're one in five and it's a real bummer and i've got a son eight-year-old son he is just solid all-out Steelers. Well, he's never had to deal with much losing. You know, we've been fortunate. Big Ben, our teams have been great. We've had a lot of success. Well, this year we're on the other side of it, which, and he's, you know, he's like, gosh, you know, it's no fun to watch. I'm like, actually, it's still fun to watch. you got to appreciate watching these guys do what they do. You know I mean? The defense is making sacks. We're seeing touchdowns. We're coming up on the other side of these three-point games. You know, you figure, well, a couple years ago we had three or four games that we won by three points or less you know what i mean so mm-hmm. there. Uh, so i'm just trying to work on the you know my young little son as a fan it's like hey i know we're losing losing sucks don't want to accept it but we still got to appreciate what we're you know the professionalism we're being shown here and, and i've always been a big tomlin fan i thought that call he made in overtime was just i thought it was great and a lot of guys love to hate tomlin but if it, let's say belichick would have called that they would have talked about it <laughs> you know, for months, what a gutsy, great call. You know, I mean, I thought it was, to me, it, it you know, because he doesn't talk very vocal about decisions he's made that are correct, that took some guts that we don't see in the background. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of, that showed off what Coach Tomlin is and what he can do. I thought that was a genius I, call. I you was going to
1: say, I definitely appreciate you actually giving him the respect in that regard because a lot of people, like you said, they don't. Even, even though you saw the genius right there, you saw how well that worked out, they don't. But if it was another co- uh, if it was another coach, they would be praising about how smart they are how much they understand the situation and things along that nature. So I'm definitely glad to yep. hear that from you.
6: And, and one thing that proves why these guys are head coaches and people like me that watch TV that grumble about this call, that call, fourth and short, you punch, did it go for it, that play – never even crossed my mind it's like hey you win the toss you you receive the ball even though i watched that whole game and we were getting pinned back on every kickoff it never even crossed my mind to have our in our defense have been playing great but like you said that never i bet you every fan that was grumbling about it that idea of how he did it never even crossed their mind i mean that just shows what these guys do how they study and what they're capable of So, but i'll let you guys go and i i love your show i listen to you guys every day it's the first time i've called um yeah, one day ago I was outside on my mower in a cutoff, mowing my grass with a sunburn, and now we're getting 12 inches of snow. So just,
0: <laughs> I guess that's life in North Dakota, Dakota right, <laughs>
6: yep,
0: and it's hey, not even surprising.
6: It's just kind of what we do.
0: <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Make sure you tell your son for us, right, that we know it's tough. This year's tough. Hey, I'm 28 years old, and the Steelers have only had two or three losing seasons in my entire lifetime. But one thing that I know as a WVU guy, too, is that the bad seasons, right, the seasons that don't go your way, the, the down seasons, if you will, they make you appreciate the success and the, and the positive and the good and the successful seasons at the same time. And they, they help weed out all those fringe fans, too, who aren't really down to ride anyways, Robbie. So you make sure you tell That's your son, that, you know, the, it's always darkest before the dawn, right? And
6: there are plenty of good days what, ahead,
0: and it'll make them enjoy them more. The last few
6: years, there's been a lot of people coming out, Steelers fans in particular, about Big Ben. Well, I don't know why. He's had some of the best years of his career, but we haven't won every game. He's thrown some picks, which hey, I was a huge Brett Favre fan. I think the game is less entertaining that he's not around. And he led leads the league in interceptions. But it now that you don't have him, it's like, all right, how good was Ben now? <laughs> you know no, what I mean? you, absolutely. Not I'm excited for Rudolph, though. He didn't come out of the gate at 100 miles an hour. But, boy, each game he played you could just see that improvement which to me is i think i think he's gotta again have a good career maybe not next year i'd love to see ben back i still don't want life without ben we've been spoiled for a long time but uh i hope him a speedy recovery and i better get off the phone so you guys can take another call appreciate you guys (laughs) and i'll call again sometime
0: thank Uh you robbie yeah call back anytime absolutely we appreciate it and yeah it's a it's something we talked about with Batco where the Steelers could be if Ben was healthy. And Absolutely. I think it's certainly one of those you don't always appreciate what you have until it's not there anymore. And we just know, too, this, the standard, right, that Steelers Nation expects to be winning the division every year, to be uh, competing for AFC championships, to be competing for Super Bowls, to, to climb that ladder to the stairway to seven whenever your future – Hall of Fame franchise quarterback goes down. Man, it really kind of uh, kind of brings you back to earth pretty
1: quickly. Absolutely. You're like, this is
0: what everybody else deals – you know, outside of Pittsburgh and New England, like, this is what everybody else deals with?
1: Uh, it's one of those things that, unfortunately, I've had too much experience with in my life. Oh, man, oh, man.
0: <laughs> but as Robbie said, and, and you talked about this too, don't write off Mason Rudolph for the rest of the season. Correct. And, and certainly going forward. But, yeah, we echo his sentiment that we hope we can see Ben back 100% healthy next year. And hopefully this defense comes with that same nasty streak, mm-hmm. that same splash playability that we've seen this year. And uh, while they're kind of behind the eight ball now, this season, hopefully next year, the uh, the first quarter, the first five games or so of the season will be, uh, be a different script. But we're focusing on the Chargers. We're focusing on this year for the time being. And let's go back to the phone lines here. And one of our buddies that we haven't talked to in a long time, I'm sure he's got plenty to get off his <laughs> chest. CR in Chicago. What's still happening, CR?
9: CR, still in Asia, Chicago, live on my show, NY Motes and Eula.
0: <laughs> CR, what's going on? You sounded crystal clear. What's and, the um, He's got the theme music in the background. The wild wild yeah.
9: Hey,
5: man.
0: <laughs> I miss you guys. Hey, uh, man. We uh, miss you, too, up? man. What's up, CR? How you been?
9: Hey, man. F- first and foremost, uh you guys got to do something about this other show, this um uh with, with no phone call, man, cuz I don't I don't do um what do you call it, the 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 Instagram and all oh, I don't the know. Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're I'm working
0: not, not on it, Cr. That. We we've had some we've yeah. had some technical issues back at HQ. They're making but, uh, some
1: upgrades over there. Yeah, man.
0: making some upgrades back in the uh, Steelers studio, which is always a good thing. But hopefully, it'll be sooner rather than later when we got the normal phone lines back up.
9: Yeah, and and then the other thing too, you guys will be on one on one program, and and it, it, uh, and it won't be, and I'll be picking up somebody else on the other program. So all all that stuff is is just totally messed up. They're uh, making you jump as through as, uh, some
0: hoops, Cr.
9: Yeah, and uh, and and uh, hey, most Mo, I've been I've been live since you gave that speech last week, man. I was ready to knock down some walls and stuff too, man. I need you guys, but I can't talk to you guys, man. We're trying to bring and the energy and the electricity, Cr. I heard that, and as far as uh as far as um the 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 team, well. As the previous caller said, you know we, we are not accustomed to this. We we're, we're not used to this. We we've, we've we've had all this luxury for all these years and and been in the numbers and been in the playoffs and been you know been out there, but we've never really taken the opportunity to, to, to sit down and really look at what the future is going to be like without uh without number seven, and that's the reality now. So we just got to deal with it. Uh, still, an organization. Still, a management. Uh, they don't call on us out here, the, uh, the the fans, because we out here on our on our sleeves without emotions, and we think about emotion. We don't think about the reality and the business aspect of what's going on. Uh, this is a very successful organization, man. They've been successful for years and years. And uh, you know, you know, they're a
0: sharp organization. Heck, they had moats on the defensive line. <laughs> that's
1: hey, that. that's All right. right. All right.
0: <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely right, C.R. It's it. it it's, it's a weird feeling for Steelers Nation. Again, I'm 28 years old. They've had three losing seasons in my lifetime. In football, that just doesn't happen. Like, you know, even, the, even the teams that are, are the, the best, the organizations that are run the best in a sport like football where the, the best team and the worst team, now maybe it's different this year with the Dolphins, but are usually separated by, <laughs> by a smaller gap than we yeah. think in other sports. It's It's been tough, CR, but at the same time, too, like you said, it does make you appreciate some things at the same time. All the success that this team's been able to have, and just how steady uh, Big Ben and Coach Tomlin have been over the last dozen years.
7: And it's, it's
9: still not a losing season because, uh, you know, what? We, we got a whole lot more games to go. And, plenty uh, of ball left. Plenty
0: of football left. And if you know yeah, anything about eight. the Steelers franchise, right, they traditionally get better. Their record gets better so, as so, the season yeah, think, goes I think, on and
9: I think on. You yeah. mentioned that. Um, and a, a couple of days ago, I think it was you. By quarter, somebody mentioned about. Yep, quarters, that was me. Yeah, you know, what they do in the first quarter and the second quarter of the season, third quarter, and the fourth quarter of the season is like unreal.
0: It gets better and better as they go along, no doubt.
9: So, uh, but anyway, I, I miss you. I miss talking to you guys. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're back on the on the on the phone. Where I can actually, really, really talk to you, and uh, I just look forward to um to this game coming up. I'm not going to give up on on the young bucks because I think. I think they got some some um, some upside there. They just got to get the opportunity to use it. So, um, you know, we're not going to knock it. We're just going to go with the flow. I, I've been still a fan since 73, and I've never um, been, uh, one and five. Uh, I've been one and five. I've been one and four, but not one in five. So, it's a new experience. Um, wh- what do you think, Moses? What's your final comments on that?
1: Man, we got to get this win, period. Like you said, haven't seen one and four. Uh, excuse me, I've seen one and four. I haven't seen one and five. I'm with you. It gets done this weekend. Come on, baby. We need that win on the West Coast.
0: We like it, CR. CR, get us out of here the right way, baby. It's been too long since we've heard it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right, here (laughs) we go. Wow, wow, West. (laughs) You got to hit us with those parting words, CR. (laughs) Here we go, steal this. Here we go. <laughs> there ooh, he ooh, is. There, there we is go. CR, thanks as always, buddy. Good talking to you again. That'll do it for today's show. Thanks to our guy, Jacob, back at HQ for producing. And thanks to our buddy, Brian Backo from the Post-Gazette, for joining us. Moats and I will be back tomorrow, same time, same place. It's Five Star Friday. It's Show Me the Money, Get That Paper Friday. get the paper. And the inaugural version of my Here We Go. Oh, Chargers song. We will have all that and more for you on the program tomorrow. Talk the yin's at high noon, as always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.
2: You're listening to SNR.
0: Steelers Nation!
4: Radio.